Well, hello, everybody. Good morning, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. And my name is Matt. I am here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. Pastor Todd. Good morning. And Pastor Bonnie. Hey, everyone. And uh, we're excited to get together. Today is the day after Easter, and I already sent a meme to them of uh, the Avengers after they saved um, ever to save the world in the Battle of New York, and they're just eating shawarma and look like they're defeated, like yeah. they're just done. That's how I feel today. <laughs> and you can't even tell if they really actually like the shawarma or not. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter, man. They just sit there eating like a. So that's where I'm at. But uh, especially with this weather. Yeah. But um. In fact, uh, this morning my power was already being a little finicky. It was already blinking a little bit. So if I drop out, just keep going. You guys can do it. You can make it. Leave me behind. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. So I heard yesterday. It's like yeah, with the winds and stuff today. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully you'll you'll still be here. Get all your um, external batteries charged. Oh, you yeah, know, have them charged. Get them plugged in. Yeah. The problem is though is that if we lose. I lose power. I lose all my internet too. Right. I lose my Wi-Fi. Yeah. Right. So well, I can I, maybe come back onto my phone or whatever. I'll say. Mm. Hopefully, it won't be an issue. We had um, we had like well water, and I guess so that was connected to our power. So like, if the power went out, we had no water. You couldn't take a shower or anything. So now my new apartment, I don't think that's the case. So I think I'll be okay. So whatever, use water, which is good. I can, I can tell you guys a really funny story about when we lived next door to the church and uh, we had well water and the pump was electric so and we lost there was something that happened one summer while we were living there I forget what it was probably a bad storm or something that knocked out the power for like it felt like it felt like weeks but it might have just been a few days I don't remember but so like our toilets like we couldn't flush toilets because we didn't have water we couldn't take showers luckily we still had the pool in the backyard so we would bring in buckets of water from the pool to flush the toilets and we would get in the pool luckily it was summer too so we could get in the pool in our bathing suits to like rinse off and like we would wash our hair over the side of the pool like rinse it out like (laughs) it was it was um interesting to say the least that's that's crazy that's uh I feel like picture into um, a pastor's family's life. Just yeah. sometimes it's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Survive. Oh, I think our septic backed up too in that time. And so like, I remember, I think that was the same time this that happened. I remember the septic backing up one time and I remember my dad like in the backyard digging a hole and he was like six feet underground. <laughs> He got to the, he like dug like six feet down to dig up the septic so he could try to find where the blockage was before the people got there. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing, but it was like, it was crazy. Which does kind of sound like your dad, by the way. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, (laughs) he's (laughs) going to check it out. He's just going to do it. I I don't care. Yep. Mm -mm. (laughs) So. All right, cool. Well, guys, let's uh, we'll spend a few minutes here, you know, however long it is. Uh, maybe it won't be as long as normal. That's cool. But we wanted to spend some time talking about the Easter scripture today. Last week was the week leading up to Easter, and all week long as a church, we had kind of like a Bible reading plan that was showing a picture of Jesus's life all the way leading up to Easter. 
And so today's Holy Monday, technically is uh, what people, some people call it, day after Easter. And today was the last day of the Bible reading plan. So there was still um, a passage to read about one of Jesus' uh, post-resurrection appearances. So today's reading was from Luke 24, it's verses 36 through 48. And so if you're listening to this, if you haven't had a chance to read it, we'd encourage you to pause the podcast, pause whatever you're listening on. Take a minute and read those couple verses, read the passage of Jesus and the story, and then turn it back on and come back to us as we discuss uh, some thoughts from the passage. And so um, as we go to discuss it, this is in Luke 24. You can read about Jesus' post-resurrection appearances <clears throat> in all four of the Gospels. And in this story, Luke 24 is a really cool story called The Road to Emmaus. That's what takes place right before this. I love that story. I actually preached on it, I think, the last Sunday in December, actually. And so, cool story. Um, but so, as we get into the story, I did want to start with this. I wanted to ask you guys this. Um, I asked you right before we started recording, but did you guys get a chance to watch the um, the Sight and Sound play about Jesus? Did you guys got to watch that? Uh, I had seen it. Um, actually at Sight and Sound. So I didn't see it this weekend, but I've seen the show. I think that was actually one of the first ones that um, my f- parents and me and our family went to go see. Was that one. Nice. Okay. How about you, Pastor Bonnie, Pastor Jamal? Did you guys watch that or no? Yeah, we watched it um, yesterday, last night as a family. And uh, it was very, very moving. Um, you know, it also, like, it was interesting, you know, knowing um, the scripture behind it, you know, you could, I was just telling, I was like, oh, they took some liberties there or I'll, you know, you know, some, they're just, you know, there's some things that, you know, we don't know if it, they necessarily happened or not, you know, as far as like the little details of, of the, of the stuff, but, but for the most part, it follows scripture pretty accurately. Um, and w- the part I, um, that I almost didn't catch at the, at one point was when, um, Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, and, you know, the Bible just mentions that he struggled, that he labored in prayer and that he was, you know, um, you know, just very um, fervent in prayer in, in the garden and, and, you know, kind of, you know, wrestling in prayer. Um, but in the sight and sound um, depiction, they show um, as he's praying, it's, they, sh- they depict Satan uh, tormenting him and trying to like almost tempt him not to, you know, um, be the set, be the sacrifice and allow him to, you know, allow himself to be captured and killed. So he, he's, you know, they show him to- being tormented by Satan in that part. And I was like thinking about it, like, hmm, that, like it does, the Bible doesn't say that that was the case, but you know, we all know that when we're troubled in about, you know, things that we uh, face or impending doom or whatever, um, and we, you know, labor in prayer over those things that we're definitely fighting, you know, a spiritual battle in those times as far as, you know, trying to get closer to God versus, you know, fighting off the, you know, attacks of the enemy um, that would try to discourage us. So, yeah, which actually just going off that, like a thought I have from what you're uh, saying about that. It's interesting in the story where, um Jesus, actually, we talked about it in the last podcast, Pastor Jamal, you brought it up about where Jesus says, uh, get behind me, Satan, to Peter. Mm-hmm. It seems so cold. Remember in um, 
one of my Bible classes, we talked about it. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. And it's kind of like, hey, maybe you don't really need to go through with this. Maybe you don't really need to die. I'll give you everything if you bat on to me. Like Jesus is tempted. And so then, you know, he overcomes that temptation. Peter now says, Jesus, whoa, you're talking about dying? No, you don't need to die. Like, stop this talking. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Like, you're tempting me again with that thought. And so even what you're saying, Pastor Bonnie, like you said, it's not really in the scripture that was Satan there or something, but maybe the idea of that can be there. Like Jesus is, knows it's coming up and he's praying because like he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I don't want to go through this in my flesh, but I know that this is what has to be done. Like, so I, I just thought of that. Um, but yeah, so no, I did not get a chance to watch it. Um, I was just with what was going on this weekend. I did watch some clips from the Bible series though. I'm a big fan of that. Same thing. They do kind of change some stuff, but it's kind of to make it dramatic or to tell a more cohesive story, which, you know, it's fine with me really. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we, Rebecca and I were watching some of those clips, uh, she asked me this question, you know, Jesus, after his resurrection, he just like appears to his disciples in a couple of these different stories. And even the one right here in Luke 24, uh, they're, they're telling these things. And then he himself stood in their midst, just shows up, boom, hey, peace be with you. And he kind of is like appearing, disappearing and stuff. Yeah. And Rebecca was like, you know, um, why, does he, why doesn't Jesus still do that today? Like he appeared to his disciples. They saw him, Jesus, right? And then you read the book of Acts. Like, and again, we were watching the Bible series. They're visually representing it. But like Ananias, who goes and heals Saul, like even Saul sees Jesus, right? Like Jesus personally. Why is it that maybe that doesn't happen today or like, is maybe just that's a portrayal. Just what are you guys' thoughts? I thought that was a good question that she asked. I have two thoughts. <clears throat> um, the first one is it does still happen in certain cultures today where they see Jesus. We, I hear lots of um, and read lots of stories about Muslims who have had these encounters with Jesus, um, <clears throat> um, and it's changed them completely. Um, so I think maybe it does still happen in specific instances where Jesus is trying to get through to specific people. And, and it just seems like, it seems like in the Muslim world for those who are really searching to find the true God, that that happens more often, not, not all the time, but you know, it seems like the couple of stories I've heard about has been in that kind of context. Uh, I also wonder if, um, Uh, The other thought that came to mind is when we look throughout history, there's always been a way that God has, for lack of a better word, manifested himself. You see in the Old Testament, God did speak directly from heaven to many people. Um, You know, you got speaking to Abraham, to Moses, uh, to Noah. Uh, New Testament times, it seems to be, you know, you have Jesus walking amongst people and there's less to that voice from heaven that speaks because we have Jesus walking amongst amongst us. So I wonder if, and this is just a thought, but I wonder if with the giving of the Holy Spirit, we don't necessarily have that manifestations of Jesus because this is the time of the Holy Spirit speaking to people's hearts and revealing. You know, it just seems like each part of the Trinity has taken a section of time mm. where they've been the primary mm. 
manifestation to people. I don't mm. know if that makes sense or not. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's theologically sound. I'm just saying that's my observations. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I think those are good thoughts. Yeah, Pastor Mal, what were you going to say? Um, yeah, I think that um, I think she asks, you know, a really a good question. Um, and I think, Pastor Todd, you, you bring up an interesting thought. But I think just scripturally speaking, you know, Jesus says, you know, I go to prepare a place for you. Mm-hmm. He's, he lets his disciples know, hey, this is, this is part of the plan. This is what's going to take place. This is how things must unfold. And, you know, we may, I, I think the place where your wife is asking that question from is like, hey, you know what would be nice? It'd be nice if we had him here mm-hmm. um, with us manifested in the flesh to be able to, you know, bounce these things off of and to walk with us in the midst of this. Um, and I, and I get that. I think she is actually exemplifying some of the same emotions, the disciples, you know, exemplified when he was with them, when he was, you know, uh, around with them, you know, they're like, why can't we do it like this? Or why can't it happen this way? Or why can't, you know, this, that, and the third. And oftentimes Jesus's response is, well, hey, look, this is the way that it has to be. Or, you know, this is the way that things must unfold. The son of man must give himself over to, you know, like it wasn't, you know, something, you know, they were like, well, why do you have to do these things so that the uh, scriptures can be fulfilled? You know, this is for um, God's work and for God's plan. So when Jesus, I believe, says, you know, I go to prepare a place for you. It is for our good. You know, him not being here is for our good. And to speak a little bit to what Pastor Todd was saying, you know, Jesus also said, unless I go, the spirit cannot come. And Mm -hmm. this is also part of the father's plan, you know, for me to be on this earth, to live this life, to die in this manner, I will then ascend and the Holy Spirit will come in this manner, all of it. And it's a struggle sometimes with our finite minds. All of it, though, is sitting in an infinite plan of the father. And we have to trust that he is, that he knows what he's doing, that he's in control. Um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, like we read scripture and, you know, God does this or God does that. And we say, well, I wouldn't do it like that. You know, I wouldn't do it like this. <clears throat> and I think um, sometimes we just have to remind ourselves, you know what? The father has a plan. His plan, his plan is good. Um, and his plan is perfect. It doesn't, I don't think that you can't have those feelings though. Like what, what your wife is saying is like, how come, you know, he doesn't, you know, he manifested himself after his resurrection there. Why, why can't he do it here? Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that's a fair question. I don't have a answer for that, but I'm just speaking to what I'm thinking about the the things that pop up in scripture in my mind is like, well, he goes to prepare a place, you know, um, he did it so that, uh, to complete the father's plan so that all things may come to fruition. Uh, and on top of that, so that the Holy spirit could come, uh, manifest in the way that we see it today. In a lot of ways, it would be easier if he would walk amongst us again, like he did before, because it'd be sure nice to have him like physically say something to us or, mm-hmm. or give us that, that hug, that reassuring hug or that encouragement, you know, face to face. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think that's why, you know, he, we as Christians are, you know, called as, our main objective really not, I mean, yes, to make, go into the, on all the earth and make disciples, but before that to, you know, to um, submit ourselves for, you know, the Holy Spirit to mold us and shape us to be more like Jesus so that we could be, you know, examples of who Jesus is to the world 
until he returns. Um, and there's, I mean, there's definitely been people in my life that, you know, to me, um, were or are as close to, you know, exhibiting some of the characteristics of Jesus as can possibly be, you know, like they were just people who you wanted to be around, who you wanted to learn from, who made you want to be more and want to be better and, um, you know, want to, to want to strive for the, for, to be your utmost like spiritual best that you could um, just by the way that they lived and they were. And, um, you know, I think that's what we're all called, you know, while he's, he's not here with us physically here on earth, we're called to exemplify some of those things for others. And, and I think uh, to kind of, I guess, piggyback of what you're saying, Bonnie, I think, or pastor Bonnie, I think that, um, you know, Jesus exemplified for us the life that we are now living. Right. You know, mm-hmm. not as close proximity to the Father as he probably would have liked. You know, Scripture tells us on many occasions that, you know, Jesus was present at creation. You know, he was mm-hmm. present for a lot of those things that, um, you know, we were not present for. He's been, he's always existed in a sense. And then to be then separated from his father for a period of time and yet still having to function in that relationship i think we see jesus model that and that in this space seems to be our it's it's our opportunity right to live that out jesus being having the close proximity as with the father as if he were still in his presence physically in 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 the heavens we I think that that's the challenge for us today, but I think that's also the call for us today to be able to walk that out. Um, and I think that it's, you know, I'm just tying all this into like one cohesive thought. I don't think it's coincidence that Jesus is saying these things to us in John chapter 14, when he says, Hey, I go to prepare a place for you, then turns around to the disciples and say, Hey, listen, but my father promises the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands, you know? And I tell the students all the time, I'm like, hey, how many of you guys struggle with keeping God's commands? Mm. Most of the time they all raise their hands. I'm like, welcome to the club, you know? And then on top of that, here's the beauty. Immediately after he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. He says, and I will ask the father and he will give you the paracletos, the comforter, the Holy Mm. Spirit, and he will empower you, enable you. The Holy Spirit then comes alongside of us and enables us to walk in that lifestyle, to walk in that righteousness. And so him leaving gives way for the Holy Spirit to then enable us to model out, to walk in the same manner that he walked. Mm -hmm. Um, And if the way that Jesus walked um, drew people unto the Lord, then we could trust that the same power that the Holy Spirit enabled him to do, you know, to live his life enables us to live that same life. So that people can also look at us and say, oh, you know what, man, God is real. You know, I, I always use the, you know, that scripture verse, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are some uh, really great thoughts, guys. I think um, about everything you guys are bringing up, even uh, Pastor Todd, what you were saying in the beginning about dreams and visions, especially in um, uh, those specific contexts, I've heard the same thing. Pastor Jamal, what you say about the Holy Spirit. And I do think, yeah, where Jesus says it's to your advantage that I go, 
because then the father will send the Holy spirit. And so that's like you said, kind of maybe a way that it, um, you know, these are the way, this is the way God has planned it. And I think, I think my personal understanding, and maybe you guys can, I don't know, just comment on this if this is right or not, I guess, I guess my understanding was Jesus is appearing to his disciples, but then he ascends, he gives the Holy spirit and Saul who becomes Paul is really the one exception that like Jesus, he says that in one of his letters that like Jesus appeared to him. Uh, and that's kind of why he became an apostle, but we don't, at, at least in our tradition and the assemblies of God, we don't really continue that. We don't believe the apostles continued after that, but that's kind of why, like I forgot how, how, how he words it, but like one untimely born or something like that, that uh, last of all, Jesus appeared to him, even though it was his post-resurrection. Um, but for the most part speaking, it's the Holy spirit now who mm. talks to us um, and speaks to us. Mm-hmm. And I even, I checked the scripture with Ananias, the um in like the bible series jesus physically shows up like and he tells him hey go to saul you're gonna pray for him blah 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 but i'm like i think again i think it's a visual representation for the audience in the scripture it just says the lord said to him you know it doesn't say like jesus appeared to him like after his ascension into heaven it seems like the only person jesus really appeared to in some kind of significant way uh was paul uh, outside of it being the holy spirit if we're kind of being specific so mm-hmm. there's some of my thoughts on that yeah i think throughout um <clears throat> scripture you see where there are these moments that are like exceptional moments even in the old testament you see jesus appears and like what what we think is jesus is appearing to, in certain um certain instances uh in the old testament uh, you have New Testament where Jesus is walking around, and yet he still is giving out the Holy Spirit. But they were for specific instances and moments, and they were almost like the exception, you know. And even in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. when you see King Saul prophesying things, so I think there's the general order of things, and I think every once in a while, for for special dispensations, that's the right word, mm-hmm. special moments. Mm-hmm. you know, Jesus will do things differently, but that's not necessarily the norm, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Well, those are some great thoughts, guys. Um, here's another thought I had from looking at the passage again, kind of stood out to me in um, kind of right, right after that, they're like troubled. They're like, man, is Jesus like a spirit? Like, is this really real? Has he appeared to us? He has them touch uh his body that he's got flesh and bones like he says the spirit doesn't have flesh and bones like you see i have and then he asks him for something to eat he eats a broiled fish Mm. and i think kind of the idea going on here is like jesus yeah he's not a ghost he's not a spirit um jesus physically resurrected and then there's kind of a theology about a resurrected body and stuff like that which we can or don't have to get into but i more wanted to ask the question of what's the uh, what is the significance of Jesus's bodily resurrection? Why is it significant that Jesus physically rose from the dead? And I'm thinking that you know, some in Christian circles, do you think are there times we don't emphasize this enough, or maybe maybe we do, but is it possible you can be Christian and and you don't realize maybe you don't believe that? I mean, I just came up one time in youth group with some students I had, and it was like. I'm like, oh, guys, like this is what we believe. And so why is that important that we believe uh, Jesus physically rose from the dead? 
Well, I think, um, you know, it just shows that he had to demonstrate his power over, you know, the laws of nature, you know, in the physical realm, as well as, you know, not only his power in the spiritual realm, but, you know, this is, I have power over everything. I have the power to, you know, bring, to create life and, and regenerate life. And, um, you know, it was just really a, a, a complete demonstration of his power. Whereas, you know, if he just reappeared, maybe let's say in spirit, you know, people can just say, oh, well, oh, well, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe he was, you know, he's, you know, maybe he was spirit all the time, or maybe he was, you know, not really real. And maybe the disciples were just imagining him the whole time. So maybe Jesus isn't real. Like there's a lot more, there's a lot more doubt um, and, and chances for um, people to, there's a lot more holes, you know, in, in, in the fact if in there, in this, you know, person of Jesus, if, he didn't re uh, resurrect in bodily form, but the fact that he came back in bodily form and he proved it um, by eating the fish and by showing that he was flesh, um, you know, really just solidifies the fact that his, that he's got power over it all. Um, you know, and I and guess he, he really did oh, exist. No, this guy. I guess another way of maybe saying to what I'm asking, and that was a great um, answer, Pastor Bonnie, is to is like, um, like, Jesus's death it's not just um like a spiritual symbol or something mm -hmm. or his resurrection like well it's kind of symbolic that he resurrected mm -hmm. like why is uh, and so you I kind of thought of that as you were saying that as kind of maybe a tag along to that question so again what what other thoughts you guys have on that I think um I'm gonna probably just lean on what Paul says in Corinthians I think it's first Corinthians 15 uh, he has that whole kind of discourse about like resurrection of Christ, resurrection of, you know, the dead. Um, and I think the main thing that he says there, he says, you know, if Christ didn't raise from the dead, then uh, this is empty faith and you guys are all idiots. He doesn't say yeah. that, but. Um, that's the uh, JFB. Yeah, version. sure. <laughs> I mean, but that's what he says. He says, you know, like if Christ didn't raise from the dead, then this is all pointless and your faith is trash. Like, yeah. you know, and he's like, none of this is like none of this matters if that's the case and he goes into kind of like really passionate i mean i mean you can't i mean tone and text is hard but like i could get the idea that he's very passionate about the fact that guys this is this is real this was not a fake thing this is not um something that was um uh, i think that there were some heresies that were floating around during that time during you know paul's time that were basically like oh well you know his physical body died, but like his spiritual body lived. And when they saw him, it was a spiritual manifest. And the early church had to combat that like constantly because they had people pulling away from the faith and pulling them into all different uh, types of, you know, we'll call it theologies, right? Like that's a made up word, but like theologies about God. And Paul was like, like no, he was like, he was like, no, this is, this is real. This happened. This is truth. Um, and I think on another level, right, Christ's resurrection physically is important because it is a fulfillment of a promise to all of us. Like in the sense that what we read in scripture is that we will one day be raised, right? And that we will also be transformed. Jesus is the prototype. Him 
resurrecting is important because it's it's almost like God is like, yo, I promise that this is going to happen. And just to prove to you that it's going to happen, I'm going to let my son lead the charge on it. And I think that as believers, it's important for us to understand that not only do we share in his death burial, like scripture says, we don't just share in his sufferings, we share in his death burial and his resurrection. Jesus is the, the prototype of all those stages. And so him resurrecting from, you know, uh, from the dead is important. That, that's the, we like, it's, it's a cornerstone of, of God's promise to us. Like you can't detach that. I don't think. And I, oh, Pastor Chuck, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, the only other thing that I thought of, too, is that later Paul also deals with some things in the church that are wrong. And one of the things that the church was believing is what happens in our body doesn't matter at all. Like, it's really our right. spirit. So you can do whatever with your body. That doesn't matter. What well, All that matters is our spirit. And um, I think Paul tries to address that and say, no, our body and what happens in the body is important. It is a big part of who we are as people, we're embodied spirits. So our body is a big part of who we are. So I think resurrection, if you take what Pastor Jamal said and what Bonnie said, like Jesus's bodily resurrection is the evidence of his overcoming death, you know, and, and our bodies matter. You know, what we do with our bodies matter, mm-hmm. even to the point that when we are raptured in heaven, we receive new bodies, mm-hmm. you know, so I right. think all that stuff. Yeah, that's um, really great stuff. Pastor Jamal, we're going to add something to that. Yeah, just jumping back to, I guess, kind of like our, like the main text. There's so much, I think, theology I want to say theology, maybe not. The, that's not probably not the right word. But I think that there are so many different conversations and narratives happening in this passage of scripture. It's just beyond. Like it's there's layers here. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. just the fact that Jesus o- opens the statement by saying shalom, like you know, like peace mm. be with you. Like that's the, the that's the I think the focus too of like the reading today. Here's why I think that's so important is because they're terrified, right? They, mm-hmm. They're they they're afraid of what's going to happen. You've got, you know, doubting Thomas in, you know, in there, you know, I love how in this particular passage though, it doesn't single like Thomas out. It's, it's basically like it says, well, the disciples, like they, it's kind of like a grouping, like even though Thomas gets the bad rap, this passage of scripture seems to indicate that he was not the only one thinking this, but that, you know, he gets the he kind of takes the fall for it. You know, they're like, oh, Thomas is a doubter because da-da-da-da. Like, but it's clear <laughs> right. in this passage that, like, there was more than one person thinking that. And so Jesus was like, yo, give me something to eat. And the crazy thing about it is him saying, give me something to eat is not even the same as, hey, put your fingers in my side. So it's like two different instances where doubt is still lingering. And so I, you know, shout out to Doubting Thomas. You don't deserve that bad rap. You know, group, group all of the disciples in with that, but <laughs> he opens it by saying, peace be with you. And I think, well, I forget what I was have, sharing with the students one time, and we were talking about uh, uh, a passage of scripture where Jesus is talking about shalom, and he's talking about peace with God. And so I researched it a little bit in the Hebrew, it means harmony, it means wholeness. And so much wholeness and harmony is taking place when he steps foot into that room dispelling he's trying to dispel doubt he's trying to um you know uh affirm promises hey listen 
on the third day, I'm going to rise again. He's trying to, you know, like also like build them up as disciples for his departure. Like, hey, listen, I'm going to be leaving. You guys need to be prepared that this is how it's going to unfold moving forward. And so like, peace be with you, wholeness feels more like a complete saying than just a regular greeting. Because I think in that culture and that custom, that is what they do. They say shalom is a greeting. But I think also Jesus is offering almost like a period to the end of like a, part, a portion of the story. He's like, hey, guys, these things have now reached completeness. They've reached wholeness. They've reached fulfillment, you know. And because of that, you can also have peace. There is an assurance. There is a, you know, a affirmation of who I am as the son, uh, of who God is as a promise keeper. You know, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's just multiple layers just like in this story by itself. Mm-hmm. I uh, I love that, Pastor Jamal, that you bring that up. And that is um, the prayer focus for today with along with the scripture reading is peace, God's peace. And I do think when I read them anyway, it does seem different the way when Jesus would appear to his disciples now after his resurrection he just starts with that peace be with you. Right. And mm-hmm. um, it's really cool. I, I guess what I want to say about um, the resurrection really quick. I do, I do love um, talking about that, like from an apologetic standpoint, like, you know, I think it makes sense for us to think like, or or for someone to think, well, Oh, well you, you mean it in a spiritual way or it was symbolic or something because we're thinking, well, that doesn't happen normally. But the whole idea is that, well, well, of course it doesn't happen normally. It happened to one guy named Jesus and that's the whole thing. And so if you're listening, dude, I would love to talk more about like the apologetics behind that, but that's great what you bring up Pastor Jamal. Maybe we can go there. Um, kind of, uh, kind of bringing it together with the passage. Jesus. Um, well, let me see how I wanted to ask it. Like, why is it significant that, um, Jesus says, peace be with you after the resurrection or maybe why why because we just talked about the bodily resurrection of jesus how that's important it's not just a symbol whatever this really happened and now jesus says you can experience this peace you can have this wholeness as you say there's a great bible uh the bible project uh, on youtube you can watch their video on peace they do a word study on the word peace and it's exactly about that that peace means wholeness so um maybe just some thoughts on that like you know, Jesus' work on the cross is what grants us peace, I guess. How is that significant? Especially now that we're, we're after the holiday Easter. Today's the day after Easter. So, like, I guess the celebration's over now. All right, back to real life. Like, or no, like Jesus is saying there's more to it than that. You know, we can have his peace. Well, what I found interesting was, um, you know, it, the context of it while they were still talking about this. Okay, what, wait, wait a minute, what, are, what were they talking about? So if you read ahead of, time, ahead of that, it, this was pres, um, right after, um, you know, the disciples had just found out um, or heard the news about Jesus appearing to a couple of them. And so I kind of read it as, um, you know, maybe they were standing there arguing amongst themselves or debating, like, did you really see Jesus? I don't know if you did. Like, and they were just kind of like, you know, going back and forth. Um, and Jesus, you know, appears and proves himself and then says, all right, peace be like, peace, like, stop fighting. Like, like, here I am, you know, and a lot of times I think that's, you know, his peace comes in the midst of, um, 
you know, when we have conflict within ourselves or with others, um, where if we just allow him in to those situations, allow him, you know, into the midst of our own conflict, allow him into the midst of our conflict with others, um, that, you know, he proves himself and he proves, you know, the truth of, of whatever the situation is so that there can be peace, so that there doesn't have to be um, that conflict anymore. Or he, he helps to bring a resolution to things that we don't see the resolution to. That's really good. Awesome. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, it's okay. I thought it was a complete thought. I, I'm, you know, it was awesome. Nothing to add. I guess yeah. I guess that's how I feel. Nah, yeah. She no. That was a complete thought. Like, to yeah, that. yeah. Top to bottom. <laughs> what do you say? You're like I. Right. So all right. So uh, that that's awesome. Thank you, Pastor Bonnie. And um, so maybe we can go like this. Then following along with the passage here, uh, you know, Jesus gives us that peace, gives us that wholeness even like you were saying, Pastor Bonnie, in the midst of others and uh, disagreeing with others. And again, because of Jesus' resurrection on the cross, now we can experience, actually, I loved Pastor Jeff's message yesterday, by the way. And um, I actually loved his first point too, about how resurrection leads to life and how people will come to God for, um, you know, they have a problem, this and that. And then as soon as things are better, they're not really worrying about God anymore. And he says, well, no, you don't need just, you don't need God's forgiveness only you don't need God's salvation only or a belief in God only. You need the life that comes from Jesus. And I just thought that was like so, so good. Mm. And that's how you can have that peace. So then Jesus moves on and he talks about how, um, you know, these things needed to happen. Then they understood their minds were open to understand the scriptures. Now they get it. Okay. Jesus said that the Christ had to suffer. And then he says that, um, you know, this message will be proclaimed to all the nations, repentance and forgiveness of sins uh, proclaimed in his name and you are witnesses of these things. And that's kind of where our reading ends. There's a couple more verses to the chapter. And so, uh, you know, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but maybe just while we're here together and looking at this passage, it seems that this is, you know, this is, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, but this is also meant for us. It's why it was written down and this is significant for us. So Jesus is kind of making it like, this is a, a key part of our job is to witness and talk about, his story and that there's repentance and forgiveness available through Jesus. And so how can we maybe continue to be doing this even right now in the midst of COVID-19 coronavirus, we're stuck at home. Um, and again, we don't have to harp on it too much because I feel like we've talked about this, you know, before, but you know what, Jesus is talking about it. So I guess I don't want to not talk about it. it. He's, this is part of our job, man. So how can we continue to be, even though again, the holiday Easter is now over. How do I not go to sleep and say, well, I'll just wait till next Easter to invite someone to church. I wouldn't really have church. So I didn't really invite anyone anyway. Like, no, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. So. Yeah. I think it comes down to our Christian faith is not though. Easter is such an important day it is not the totality of it. We are to live out our Christian faith every day and not just live it out. But if Jesus is really resurrected, doesn't that impact us? every day. And so if it impacts us every day, then we talk about our faith. We, we, we share it with others. 
And I think um, like I was having a conversation with somebody text messaging um, about like, well, then if so many people need to know, then we need to, we need to organize and we need to tell people. And I'm like, yes, we do. And that's what we do through our missionaries and stuff. But yes, that is the heart of it. And their whole thing was, well, if this is really true, then Christians need to really share the gospel. And I'm like, yes, this is what we do. This is what we believe. This is, this is why we have missionaries. This is why we support missionaries. This is why we encourage people to talk with their friends. We encourage people to invite others to church because it is real. It's not just a one-time moment of celebration. Uh, and it, it, I guess what I'm saying is it shouldn't just be an event. It should be an ongoing life thing that if he is really truly alive, that should affect all of life, not just a single holiday. Yeah, that's I, really good. Yep. I was going to say, I, I agree with you, Pastor Todd. And I think that um, the picture that comes to my mind, um, the picture that comes to my mind is somebody who's like super patriotic, right? Like, Fourth of July is the day that they kind of like go all out, you know, barbecue, you know, um, fireworks, the American flag, you know, um, they go all out on that day because that's the day you celebrate, you know, uh, America's independence. But then the rest of the year, they're super duper patriotic in the sense that like, you know what, I'm not buying anything unless it's made in America. I'm not, you know, like I'm only, you know, I'm doing things the American way because they've they've sold out to what America means to them. And um, they, that's just, they choose to live their life then from, you know, from that perspective, like that's the picture I get. And that's what I think Christians need to have as well. Like, all right, cool. How does this day of celebration now impact my life moving forward, my decision-making, the things I choose to, you know, take in the thing, you know, the words I choose to send out, you know, um, how do I, continue to display that this has deeply affected my life um not just in behavior modification but like uh but in heart yeah in heart and in belief uh mantra you know um that's i don't know that's the word picture i get when i think about that pastor jamal that makes me think of uh kind of like a meme i've seen in the past maybe you guys have seen it with the olympics like every uh like most americans and it's like Ah, uh, complaining about America. I hate America. This is stupid. Why don't we do this? And then during the Olympics, it's like the guy's draped in an American flag, bound down on one knee. <laughs> like absolutely, like, never cared about curling a day in your life until the, the Olympics. Olympics come the Olympics. And you're like, look at his form. <laughs> and you just yeah, you're like, you got that American flag. You're like sleeping in it. You're like, I'm right. an American. We're gonna and then it becomes thing. like yeah, and then you're like, oh, we got the gold, baby. You know, we got the gold in curling. <laughs> we got the gold in fencing. And do you see that girl? She was incredible. You don't watch fencing ever. You know, like, yeah, like soccer, same thing. You know, World Cup comes around, like, you know what I'm saying? People hate, they're like, why would I pay attention to soccer when there's football? Okay. Then when it's like World Cup, America is, you know, USA is doing well, which most soccer people who are listening to this, they already are like, no, that's, that's never, it never happens. <laughs> <laughs> but if that were to be the case, you know, we're, you know, uh, well, when it comes to the U.S. women's soccer team, they're actually like. I was going to say, no, I thought that they were good, though. The women's Oh, the my women's gosh. Soccer team, the women's they, team they is it. like. They're yeah. beasts. Put respect on their name. They're like Amazonian wonder women. But um, <laughs> though they really, they, they dominate. But anyway, um, but yeah, then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, USA all over the place. You know what I'm saying? You, it, it literally is like that. And I feel like that's how it is sometimes with people's faith. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
you show up on Christmas and Easter because that's like, you're like, oh yeah, here we go. Like it's, you know, this is the winning time, right? Christmas and Easter. Cause I'm getting gifts on those days, <laughs> you know, like, or whatever, <laughs> you know, but that's when you decide to show up when, you know, the other, you know, 300 and, you know, 63 days of the year, you're like, man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, yeah. So I think that's a, that's a great picture for us is uh, uh, thinking about Easter, thinking about, man, if Jesus truly came back from the dead, and we truly believe that, and we truly believe that he has saved us. Well, I'm not going to drape myself in a Christian flag on Easter and on Christmas, even maybe if I'm attending church the rest of the year. But I'm, it's not that like I'm suddenly this proud Christian only at those times, and then I kind of forget to tell other people about God or like, well, I don't want to embarrass myself, and like I don't want to yeah. make them feel uncomfortable. Like that's what I, how I live the rest of the year if I truly believe that Jesus died on the cross and he came back from the dead. And I think you said this once pastor Jamal in, a, uh, in the past and like maybe a podcast, but something about like um, that we sometimes can act like we believe Jesus just died for us. Something like that along those lines. And I remember that really hit me like, yeah, like, right. We're like, Oh Jesus, he's back from the dead. He forgave us of sins. Great. And to go, you go home and you're quiet about it. It's like, you think Jesus is just for you. And what you're seeing here, Jesus says, yeah, the story of, of me and how I fulfilled the scriptures and how there's now repentance and forgiveness of sins, that will be proclaimed to all nations. Yeah. This is for all people, not just for the, the Christians who already believe in me. It is for you guys. And it's, you need to tell other people Jesus' death and resurrection is to be applied to the entire world. Yeah, I so think important. this is – and it's so, like, so major on a, on a couple of different levels, especially because what he's saying here is like, listen, this isn't just – jewish you know thing anymore like mm -hmm. the intent here is for the entire world i love like i love the fact that it seems like you know verses 46 through 49 are honestly just a cliff notes of like everything that he's been trying to like get them to understand for the whole time that he's been with them he's like hey guys remember i told you i was gonna have to die uh and then then i was gonna raise from the dead for the repentance uh and forgiveness of sins and then to for it to be proclaimed to the nations you guys are going to be witnesses to these things oh and by the way i'm sending the holy spirit to be upon mm -hmm. you like it's one of those things like like i feel like that right there is like a nice little sandwich like hey guys remember i talked about these things like I, i'm i'm a forgetful dude like i forget stuff all the time so like I'm, I could put myself in that scenario like, oh, right, he did say that, didn't he? I forgot. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. needing that kind of like one more time, like him patting me on the head being like, remember, I said yeah. these things, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I love that verse 49. I know that's not part of our reading, but for verse 49, he says, the Holy Spirit will mm -hmm. give you power. So mm -hmm. maybe you're listening to this right now and you say, okay, like, how am I supposed to walk in this? This is where we get to lean on the Holy Spirit and say, all right, Holy Spirit, help me. Scripture tells us that when we come, when it's time to speak, the Holy Spirit will bring to our memory the things that Jesus has said, the things that Jesus has taught us. This is what the Scripture tells us. So we've got to trust if God is proven himself to be a promise keeper and the fact that he rose his son from the dead, we've got to trust that the functionality of the Holy Spirit is another promise to be kept by the Father. And we don't have to be leery or, or um, timid about that. We can take 
confidence, like we could come with like just an assurance that, oh yeah, that's right. The Holy Spirit's got my back here because the message of who Jesus is, is that big and that awesome and that important that God wouldn't just leave you to be like, I don't know, figure it out, say what you want. Like that's not, that's not, that's not the God <laughs> yeah. that we serve. You know, he's going to say, yeah, you know what? Send the Holy Spirit to give them the words to speak. Yeah, hearing, hearing what you guys are all saying, um, you know, about how we can continue you know, to live out our faith even after Easter, even after, you know, um, a big event where, where we're reminded of, you know, oh, yeah, this is what we believe. This is, you know, let's take out our Christian flag and all this stuff. I'm reading this passage and I'm just seeing in the disciples this picture of basically this is, in this passage, this is really the, the salvation moment for Jesus's disciples. This is what we as Christians today, you know, experience when we accept Jesus into our heart and we experience his life and his resurrection power for the first time and all these things that we once didn't understand, you know, about scripture and about, you know, things of God are, are then suddenly, you know, open to us and our minds and our eyes are open, just like what happened with the disciples. And, while you guys were talking, I just, I couldn't stop thinking about, um, you know, what, um, what um, John uh, says in Revelation um, to the church in Ephesus about, um, you know, telling the church in Ephesus how you've forsaken your first love and how they've forsaken their first love. And then he says, um, repent and do the things you did at first. And if you think about, you know, when when we were all first saved, you know, what was forefront in our mind? Like, oh my gosh, I got to tell everybody about this. Like, I have to tell everybody what's happened. I have to tell everybody about the saving power of Jesus Christ, you know. And then as time goes by, those that excitement and that um, urgency, I think, can fade um, because we just go to different places in our faith Um but to to keep in the forefront front of our mind, you know, what we did at first um, and those experiences and those feelings of newness of life and urgency and excitement and, and keeping the resurrection of Jesus um, and that experience forefront and alive in our minds and our hearts um, is what will um, spur us on, I think, to to be effective witnesses throughout our life and throughout our Christian journey and not just, you know, at the beginning when we first were saved. It's really great. Uh, what you bring up, Pastor Bonnie, especially, yeah, even that verse of revelation. Absolutely. Um, and that's important. Maybe a way of saying it too, is like not allowing our faith to grow old. Um, even though it's okay, it's natural. And like you said, we, um, we go to different places in our faith. And so maybe we don't, think or feel that way all the time, but that's so important. And um, I think of what you said, Pastor Jamal, with the Holy Spirit, that's so important that we rely on him. I mean, I've even been thinking about that, you know, just when it comes to preaching, even like for us, you know, it's like, dude, like there's nothing that I can really say that will convince somebody. Like there's no persuasiveness in my speech. There's no light bulb moment that I can manufacture that a person will say, oh, that's awesome, Matt. Now I just believe in God. Like, no. And it's like, sometimes that can feel like, 
intimidating like wait a minute so like really what am i going to say up there then but then it's like well that's the whole point like holy spirit i need you i'm going to trust that you're going to use me right now and so even when it comes to witnessing or talking to another person about jesus like you said pastor jamal it's like i'm going to trust that the holy spirit uses me i'm going to try my best i'm going to say what he's done in my life i'm going to say what i understand about the scriptures what i know blah 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 but also let go of the pressure too of like well, i have to make sure i'm convincing enough like no, it's the Holy Spirit. And like, like we kind of said in the beginning, Jesus said, hey, it's to your advantage that I go because I will send you the Holy Spirit and yeah. that's who's going to empower you. And that's, you know, for again, our prayer focus of peace, that's how you will receive that peace. So yeah. really, really quick about the Holy Spirit, and what you were talking about, Pastor Matt, about, you know, speaking and him giving you the power. Um, there's a book I'm reading right now. Um, I don't want to say the name of it because it's going to actually be a birthday gift for somebody soon. Um, but there's this concept in the book of Holy Spirit translation where, you know, we speak, we preach words and we preach something and somebody that's listening or hearing might, you know, come up to us and say, oh, thank you, you know, for saying such and such a thing. You know, the whole, you know, the Holy Spirit was really speaking to me and God was really speaking to me about that. And it might not necessarily be exactly what we said, but it's, but it's how the Holy Spirit takes what we say and conveys that to a person who might need to hear something specific for them. And it's kind of like Holy Spirit translation where, you know, even though we're just, we're, we're trusting that the Holy Spirit's going to speak through us, you know, however somebody hears it, you know, it's, it's, it's that that message that they need to hear whether it's exactly what we said or we didn't say so that was just interesting thing i read that's really cool that's cool thought and and again kind of maybe even a cool thing to pray for like mm -hmm. god give me the words help you know speak through me but then also holy spirit i ask that they hear you that they don't hear mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. i pray that they hear you and mm -hmm. that's a cool thing to pray mm -hmm. so All right, guys. Well, awesome. It's uh, been great getting together over Zoom. Obviously, you know, that's how we're doing it right now. But uh, glad that we can connect and stuff. Um, you know, do you guys get any Easter candy at all? Or you get give some to your kids? I don't know. They're not really with stores being closed. I don't know. I purposely took back the leftover chocolate bunnies from the Easter egg hunt that we didn't have so that they wouldn't be hanging out here for me to have Easter candy. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait! So you took the chocolate bunnies back to the back to the church office, so that you oh, oh, oh! I thought you meant like back to my house. So this way, no, 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 no! I tried my. <laughs> oh, we had okay, we okay. had some extra here from you know I given out a couple, so I we had some extra, and I was like, these cannot stay here. Yeah. <laughs> they can't. Yeah, yeah right. So, be a product. So. Yeah. yeah, any any sweets are deadly, right? I mean, we have uh, quite a few in our house right now. Um, my mom, it's my mom's tradition to take the girls to Old Mammoth Candy every Easter, but we couldn't do that this year. So instead, she's like, "Hey, here's money for each of the girls. Tell them to go online and order from Old, old Mammoth Candy." So, um, nice. That came in. That order came in like a week and a half ago, um, and they already blew through most of that. <laughs> and. <laughs> And then I got a few things from the store two weeks ago when I went for their Easter baskets. So that's around now. And uh, I even bought a little extra, you know, for Joe because, you know, 
he's a big kid, so he's got to have his own stash. Um, hey, yeah, no hate. So, here. no. <laughs> well, he can grab a bunny from church this week. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's gonna he's gonna freak out. He's been he is literally since the bunnies got ordered, he's literally been asking me like almost every day is there any extras is there any extras can i get one well, <laughs> a, a funny story and i won't say who it was but one of there was a parent who i gave their kid on the bunnies who said um i snuck up to the room while they were sleeping and i took a piece <laughs> and is it wrong for me to blame it on her younger brother <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> and all i said is i didn't see anything <laughs> Those Easter bunnies are some good chocolate, let me tell you. They are. Oh, man, I'm going to see if I can get uh, my hands on a piece somewhere. Oh, my goodness. Talking this up. I can't do that. That's no. I actually, (laughs) confession time, guys. Uh Uh-oh. When I put that shirt on to do the video for Sunday, it was a bit snug. Uh It was a sad time. I'm already a big dude. I can't be doing that. I was like, oh, Lord. I was like, 15, just say no. I'm over. Nah. I, I... I bro, I already, I already was like, yeah. My wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, putting down. We have a couple like yoga mat stuff. I was like, yo, I'm about to put a little workout in. She was like, oh, like that's sad when your wife is like, oh, that's new. <laughs> uh, Listen, you can't. It's the COVID. What is it? The COVID fifteen. Yeah. Quarantine fifteen. <laughs> Quarantine fifteen. Quarantine yeah. fifteen. It's oh, okay. Man. It's okay. This is one of those specific instances. What was the word I used earlier? Dispensationalism? Yes. <laughs> there is special dispensation for you right now, bro. Man, for, I need it. For all of us. <laughs> I need it. Oh, my goodness. No, I, I still say it. I think this is the time you can reinvent yourself right now. You have the t- chance to change yourself. So, yo, you want to start working out. This is – do it, man. This is the time. I'm not – I'm just I – mean in general. I'm talking to all those listening out there. You want to reinvent yourself. This is the time. You have the opportunity. So, yeah. and even if your wife gives you like a, a side comment, like, oh, that's new, don't let it discourage you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's on. funny is that, well, she can say that to you. I feel like it wouldn't fly the other way around. I feel like that's how it works. <laughs> I'm not stupid, man. I'm dumb. <laughs> I'm dumb. No, 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 I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. Uh, so, you know, man. All right, guys. Why? Well, <laughs> it's been fun, and uh, talk to you guys soon. All right. All right. Talk to everybody later. Bye. All right.